Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up 4 o'clock. From the dog catcher to the governor, that includes the mayor. They all got to go. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studio, official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. Your station for prep sports year-round. We are WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club. Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night version here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app is available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can also get us at home via Alexa if you can't get radio. Email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Check out the podcast following the show through CrescentCitySports.com or call in at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Later in the show, we'll visit with Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com to talk about LSU football and, of course, Jaden Daniels. And we'll also visit with Tulane Hall of Famer and longtime broadcaster Steve Barrios to talk about the Green Wave and their American Athletic Conference Championship game this season. We'll touch on the Pelicans as well later on in the show and their game tonight at Utah. Start off by talking about the New Orleans Saints, who are now 5-6, and six, still tied for first, whatever that's worth, in the uh, deplorable NFC South, which is just a bad division. And that was not good football yesterday, really, on either side by and large, but somebody had to win, and the Falcons did, and the Saints now find themselves uh, down in the division at 1-2 over 1-3 overall in the division. They've got to get better in that regard if they want to be successful down the road. It's a pleasure to be joined by Brett Martell, the Associated Press Brett, a pleasure, as mentioned. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and welcome to the show. I did have a good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in New Orleans is great anyway. I hope you had a good one as well, and it's nice to be on the radio with you. Well, it's a pleasure, other than to talk about the current state of the the home team. And, look, it's just, it's a little bit head-scratching to see what we saw yesterday coming off a bye with a lot of time to prepare against a foot opponent. Look, if you're trying to find a silver lining, they moved the football well. They went up and down the field frequently, but they, they did everything that a losing team does. Key penalty on every single drive, it seemed, to kill a drive. Dropped footballs, you know, broken off routes, uh, a terrible decision which resulted in a pick six, and of course, just a horrendous red zone efficiency and not scoring a touchdown in all five penetrations. And oh, by the way, throw in the complete lack of a pass rush yet again uh, to go along with 
giving up over 220 yards rushing. Those are not good numbers. That's not a good equation. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. You know, they, uh, it's interesting because, you know, you can, you could say, well, the Saints clearly have talent because they did make a lot of plays. They had a bunch of plays over 20 yards. They did have more yards than the Falcons and so forth. But, you know, again, in the NFL, I think it's important to remind oneself that every team has a lot of talent and the winning teams don't mess up opportunities and the losing teams do. And I think that's why Alvin Kamara was so frustrated is because, you know, they keep talking about we have to be better every week in these certain situations and if we were then the game would be different but it's over you know it's like the same it's like groundhog day or whatever it just keeps repeating itself i mean i realize they have won five games so they're you know it's really been more costing six games but um but still yeah i mean it's it's almost like they're in the division race but it seems like fool's gold because it doesn't look like they belong in the playoffs um you know and that being said i guess there's still that kind of sliver of hope because we have seen teams you know, that don't, that didn't look like they necessarily deserve to be in the playoffs for most of the year, sneak in and then kind of do some stuff in the, in the postseason. You know, the team I think about the most is like the 2007 Giants. Of course, that's an extremely rare thing, but, um, you know, they're the ones that knocked off the, uh, 18 and 0 Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying I expect that from the Saints by any stretch of the imagination, but the NFL is a crazy league. And so, I, mean, I guess they got to just keep working at it and see if they can turn a corner, but it, it doesn't look hopeful right now. Welcome back to the show. Sorry we had that issue, Brett. Hopefully you still got me. I dropped out for a minute there, but still with me? Okay. We'll try to get Brett back on. I'm not sure what's going on there. But anyway, uh, sorry that we had the issue there. And just let me know when we've got him back on. And Okay, Brett, I'm sorry. We had, a, we had a technical issue there. I apologize to you. But go ahead and finish your thought. I apologize for the issue there. So. Oh, no, I just finished. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, keep moving on. Sure. So I think that, you know, as you look at this right now, I, I, I don't know that, you know, my, my whole take on this was let it unveil itself, take a deep breath, give it time, let them figure it out, put it together. They're good enough to win this division, which isn't very good, and they have enough talent to win nine or ten games. In fact, I'd pick them to win ten before the season started and not looking like a very smart pick at this point. Bottom line is, no, they, they just haven't been able to put anything.
I think we have a pretty good indication as to who this team is at this point, Brad, don't you? Yeah, um, it, it really, uh, I mean, after you've seen it over the course of 11 weeks, it looks like a team that just um, is not able to kind of focus in and harness, and harness the best of its ability in the most critical moments. And in the NFL, that's really where the margin lies between, you know, the, the winners and losers in this league. So, you know, I mean, they're fortunate that, like you said, they are in a division where everyone is not doing well. And, you know, on one hand, you want to look at the schedule and say, okay, well, Kenny, you picked them to win 10 games. And actually, yeah. five of their last six games are against teams of losing records. So maybe they yep. could go 5-1 and one and win, win 10 games. But at the same time, um, you know, how the Falcons were 4-6 and six yesterday. They couldn't beat them. Uh, and so, you know... Uh, they have a, they already lost to Tampa Bay, and that team is, what are they now, four and seven? Yep. So they, they haven't really done great against teams below 500 either. No, they haven't. And, you know, it's amazing to see the schedule they've played to see where they're at right now because, again, everybody bemoans this division and how bad it's been, but I, I do think it's a clear indication about this team. Look, the thought process going in was that the Saints had the one quarterback in the division that had proven he could win games and had had success in his career. Bottom line is, Derek Carr hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been good. And that's maybe the worst place to be. He certainly hasn't been four years, $150 million good. And it's not all his fault by any stretch. But he needs to be better. And you can't have a 10 or 14-point turnaround like you had yesterday. Yeah, and the, the statistics for him in terms of, you know, touchdowns responsible for and so forth are becoming increasingly unflattering. They're going in the wrong direction, right? They're becoming increasingly unflattering as the season wears on. I mean, I think once that I was looking at is that the Saints have three touchdowns in their past 32 offensive possessions. Well, Jameis Winston threw two of those, and, uh, and, and Taysom Hill threw the other one. Um, right. And at least Carr was involved in the drive that led to Taysom Hill's touch, touchdown, but um, not so much with the uh, – the two thrown by um, Jameis Winston that was after Carl had gotten hurt. So, you know, yes, he, he does throw for nearly 300 yards in a lot of games. Um, they've had a lot of explosive plays with Carr back there. But, uh, we're, you know, what worries me about him is they say that, you know, playing quarterback at an elite level is all about, like, your processing ability. How are you processing what the defense is doing? How efficiently can you figure it out and make a decision to shoot with the ball? Well, processing gets harder when the field gets shorter, right? It gets harder in the red zone. And they are struggling big time, you know, inside the 20. And so there's something that's not clicking with him um, that appears to be more mental than physical, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think the, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Like I said, it's not all on him, but he's not been good enough overall. Uh, look, I mean, Shahid drops the ball at the one-yard line. That's a catch you got to make. Uh, then on the other hand, you know, one of your really good players, Taysom Hill, fumbles a ball, and that can't happen, and it killed him. And then, of course, even the little things, there's a route, you know, a little shallow crossing route to Shahid. Card throws the ball well behind him, and Shahid tackles himself. If he puts it out in front of him, based on what I saw watching it three or four times, he could have scored on that play. But these are yeah. the things they're not doing. Right, and then there was the uh... – Remember, A.T. Perry got confused and didn't run the route, and Carr just threw the ball, basically threw the ball to nobody because yep. Perry ran the wrong route in the red zone. So um, now he's a rookie, you know, and so I don't know. I mean, they're trying to trust a rookie who has shown some potential, 
in a critical situation, and that blew up in their face too. So you know, just yeah, you're right. It's not all on Carr, but there's that maybe he he needs to be more actively involved in having a feel for who's ready to do what at what time in the game. You know, kind of have his finger on the pulse of each player on the offense. Um, you know, and I, you want to say the way Drew Brees did, but that's easier said than done, right? Because Brees yep. is look, looking like a generational quarterback, but better than he's doing now. Yeah, look, I think everybody expect, well, I certainly expect him to be better than he's been, and I thought it would be a gradual process, but that he'd be better, and he simply hasn't been overall. And the supporting cast, I mean, I know a lot of people think they have outstanding playmakers. I don't. I think they got fairly good to pretty good playmakers, and I don't think they're that good up front. And uh, I think we've seen the evidence of that on defense pretty clearly. Uh, They're struggling against the run, and they can't rush the passer. And offensively, I mean, give Pete credit for playing tackle, but, you know, they're not that good at guard. And Ryan Ramchek's not what he used to be. He's he's an older guy for his age at this stage. And they're, of all with all the investments they made up front on both sides of the ball, they're not that good up front. And I think that might be their biggest problem. Well, you know, it's a good point because when you look at Derek Carr's footwork, right, I mean, how much of delivering an accurate ball has to do with their footwork? And he just looks, um, you know, like he's moving his feet a lot when he's trying to throw the ball. So you see, you, you, you see him not really being able to step into all of his throws or um, just not quite aligned the way he'd like to be. Um, you know, I mean, Drew Brees used to talk to me about, about throwing, throwing mechanics, and he'd go to see that Tom House, the throwing coach, and he would say things like ankle eye, which means like, you pretend your ankle bone, your back on your back foot, the ankle bone is like an eye. And you want that eye looking straight at your target when you throw. Like you want it to be all aligned perfectly when you do that. And he would actually get it. He had the pocket presence and the feel for how the blocking was and the routes were going to get himself in position and deliver a mechanically sound throw every time. And Carr's not doing that. And I think a lot of that comes down to a lack of confidence in his blocking, but also a lack of confidence in what he's seeing downfield. So maybe he's holding on to the ball too long, right? And, uh, and his feet are constantly moving, and he can't always throw the ball, you know, um, in a way that does justice to what his talent as a thrower really is. Well, now you, you wonder what's next because it's very likely at this point, or certainly quite possible, they'll be without all their receivers this coming week. Olave, concussion, Shahid, you know, with a quad, and then Thomas is out. So they signed Callaway to their practice squad. Maybe you have to bring him up, but otherwise – I mean, you're dealing with Kirkwood, who's done little or nothing in the league. You're dealing with Perry, who's a rookie. You're dealing with Bowden, who's an unknown. I, I, it just it looks to me like they don't have much of anything on the outside, and maybe they should just focus on on using Taysom Hill more and maybe throwing to the tight ends more. Of course, Farsa Morrow's been invisible other than a holding call and, and a drop touchdown against Jacksonville. So I'm not sure where they go from here offensively. Remember that time when uh, Drew Brees threw like what was it three three touchdowns to undrafted players in a game and they yes. won? Yep. Yeah. Sure do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that's so that's Drew Brees, <laughs> right? I was gonna. Yeah. I was kind of. You you knew where I was going with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's it's possible, but not likely. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, he's gonna look. He's they are all professionals, and um, and this is a, a chance I think for Derek Carr. To be is to prove how dialed in he can really be 
in the game plan and make, uh, you know, lemonade out of lemons, if you will. Um, but it's going to be hard because this is one of the best teams on their schedule all year, and they're going to be looking to redeem themselves after, after they played poorly on Thanksgiving and lost at home to the Packers. Yep, and they've got a very uh, fiery and good coach in Dan Campbell, whom we know quite well, who uh, the timing wasn't right for him here, but, boy, it would have been nice to have him. In retrospect, he's a good coach, and they did not play well against the Packers. They almost stole the game late but didn't play well, so they'll, they'll certainly come in loaded for bear. they got a lot to play for, and, and they're a good football team. And then, of course, we, you know, we look at not only Drew Brees but Sean Payton and what he's doing right now. And as I've said all along, people – Always want to be in one camp or the other. Oh, it was because of Breeze. Oh, maybe it was because of Peyton. No, the answer is it was because of both. They were both outstanding at what they did. And we're getting clear evidence of that now uh, from the standpoint of what Peyton's doing. He's getting the most out of what he has, and that's an improved football team. And you knew what you had here, and you appreciated it. Uh, you also hoped you could fill gaps. And the Saints' approach has simply been to try to, to fill some holes and not rebuild, but just to – uh, to try to, you know, push a few buttons, uh, fill a few holes, and think they can be right there. Right now, that approach is not working. Yeah, it seems like they're they're falling back a bit, um, and it's got to be frustrating because I know Mickey Loomis has has told me and some other reporters, and probably you as well, that he likes um, the stable approach. You know, he doesn't want to do he doesn't want to be one of those teams that's just chasing their tails with a short leash on everybody like, you know, the Dan Snyder Redskins were, right? Um, he, wants, he wants a team that, um, you know, has a lot of stability, that shows patience, that weathers the bad times so that they can, you know, such as weathering the, the three straight seven and nine seasons from 14 to 16 so that they can follow that up and go to the playoffs four years in a row and probably should have made the Super Bowl in 2018. And I think, you know, so he, he realizes this is a tough time now. And I think that he envisions being able to largely weather this, um, you know, keep, keep some key people, fill some holes, like you said. Um, but, yeah, if this team misses the playoffs, I think that, you know, it's, it's not certain that Dennis Allen will survive, but if he does survive, they're gonna, he's probably going to have to make some major changes on his coaching staff. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And, you know, what I'm looking at, just a couple of more minutes with Brad Martell, AP, is these core players, look, let's be honest, I mean, Cam Jordan's long in the tooth. Demario Davis is long in the tooth. You know, Alvin Kamara for a running back in the NFL is longer in the tooth. Now, Michael Thomas clearly is that guy at this stage of his career. Ryan Ramchek has clearly shown uh, being long in the tooth, signs of age with the injuries he's dealt with. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm talking about their, their best players. And they all have issues, and they're all getting older. And, and do you really see the talent beneath them look they've missed too much in the draft I mean Ruiz is just an okay guy he hasn't played to the level uh, they expect where they invested in him ditto with Pete and then of course Davenport we know what happened there Peyton Turner we know what happened there Trevor Penning we can see what's happening there I mean you can't have that many misses uh, early in the draft and it looks to me like that's been a major problem ever since 2017 yeah I mean you know Kamara still looks quite good, though, right? I mean, he does. Uh, he does, yeah, and and so does Lattimore. But unfortunately, he's hurt. And like you and like you said, those are two, 2017 draft picks, yep. uh, both in the top three rounds. Um, so yeah, and all the guys you mentioned—that's exactly what's happening. And that is what happened um, to their draft when they went through that lull in 
like we mentioned, 14 through 16. Remember, we yep. had a lot of draft picks that weren't panning out then either. And in right. a hard salary cap league, right, you've got to have a critical mass of the roster, a certain number of players who outperform their contracts. And usually the guys outperforming their contracts are the guys in the first three to four years of the contract, right, the drafted players. Because after that, they get paid a lot. And then it's actually harder to get value in return for what you're paying them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so, and it's a hard cap league, right? So you've got to have enough guys that are giving you that value. And right now, if you're, if you're not drafting well, you don't have that, which gives you less flexibility to get those key free agents you need and, uh, and really kind of put together a, a roster that can really make a deep run. No doubt about it. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Brett Martell. It's fine work, of course, that he does for the Associated Press, available to all nationwide on a regular basis. Brett, we appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for the visit, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon and be in the Dome on Sunday. All right. Great show, Kenny. Good to be on with you. Okay. You got it. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate it. Brett Martell of the Associated Press. We'll take a time out here. Still to come later in the show, we'll visit with a couple of good guests that you'll have a chance to hear from. Mike Scarborough, TigerBay.com, later in the show on LSU. But coming up next, following this brief time out, Tulane Hall of Famer and legendary broadcaster Steve Barrios will join us to talk about the Green Wave as we continue with more of All Access for a Monday night here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food, Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. The Pro Bowl games presented by Verizon are taking over Orlando with the league's biggest star players and you. Don't miss a special Black Friday deal. $10 off all tickets now through Monday, November 27th. If you buy tickets today, you'll unlock 30% off NFL Shop. Be there live for skills competitions, NFL legends, and more, all leading up to Sunday's star-studded AFC versus NFC flag football finale at Camping World Stadium on February 4th. Get your tickets at ProBowl.com slash Friday today. Limited time only. Offer ends November 27th. This holiday season, visit Boot Barn for top quality gifts that pay tribute to the lasting heritage of the West. From handcrafted cowboy boots and American-made felt hats to hand-stitched leather jackets, our in-store experts will help guide you as you shop, assisting with boot fitting and providing complimentary hat shaping. This holiday, share a piece of the American spirit. Boot Barn. Unwrap the West. Do you have heart failure and often hear those stomach issues ruined your birthday? You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa. Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis. If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist. Ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. This year, Staples will not be celebrating the holidays. Instead, we're celebrating the holiday deals with amazing savings for the holiday season. Save 60% on custom holiday cards. Save 60% on custom invitations. And save 60% on custom photo gifts like mugs and calendars. During Staples holiday deals, it's not about the ho-ho-ho. It's about saving do-do-do. Save 60% on custom cards, invitations, and photo gifts today at Staples. And 12-2, visit staples.com slash print for more details. 
Amazon's got the best deals on Black Friday. Oh, the best deals are on Cyber Monday. Friday comes first when it comes to saving. Monday's worth the wait for what you've been craving. Deals so good it'll feel like stealing. Real cool message, could you make it less appealing? What's with the beef? You can get that too. Why don't you call us? What's triggering you? Whichever day you're shopping on, you'll save a bunch at Amazon. On Black Friday, Cyber Monday too. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. They were ordinary people, like you and me, whose stories inspire us to find strength within. The National World War II Museum. Find the extraordinary inside. Signet Landing Restaurant in historic West Wego at Bayou Signet. Great food at a great location with Harborview Dining and Southern Hospitality. Serving the best Cajun and seafood dishes for lunch and dinner, like crawfish pie, crab cakes, fried oysters, seafood platters, and much more. Signet Landing, 450 Laracini Street, just off the expressway in West Wego, behind the shrimp lot. For parties of eight or more, call for reservations, 504-900-1901. This report is sponsored by Pfizer. Traffic can slow you down. And so can COVID-19. Don't delay. Prescription oral treatment must be taken within the first five days of symptoms. If you're at high risk, ask your doctor if treatment is right for you. Visit TreatCOVID19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Still working that stall, right lane block, 55 southbound at I-12. Just not seeing any delays. 55 South Hammond to La Plaza is 24 minutes with no problems right now. Uh, looks like eastbound 610 Metairie across New Orleans East. A seven-minute ride, two-minute delay. Eastbound I-10. Uh, Fly over to the high rise, taking about nine minutes. 12-minute ride eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high rise. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Welcome back to the show as we march on on this Monday night. Still to come, Mike Scarborough of TigerBay.com to talk about LSU and Jaden Daniels. Tulane plays for the American Athletic Conference Championship Saturday, 3 p.m. at home against SMU. Joining us now to talk about the Green Wave, our good and great friend and Tulane Hall of Famer, Steve Barrio. Steve, always a pleasure. We talked last week, and, and the Green Wave went out and play, just played great defensively against UTSA. We're efficient enough offensively. The end result is a two-score win and, and, a, and a celebration. Really good job by this Tulane team last week. Yeah, it really was, Ken, and uh, you know, I, I I just can't express how um, how great the defense played. You know, getting the, uh, their first turnover on uh, UTSA's second play from scrimmage was just, I think, a big boost to the defense. And then winding up with five turnovers, uh, it, it was just a phenomenal, you know, effort by the defense and. Uh, Shield Wood did a, did a great job preparing his defense for, for them. 
Well, yeah, when you get five turnovers, you're not going to lose. I mean, that was pretty much the way it was. It was interesting early on because you got the turnover and then Tulane gave it back and, and then it was game on at that point, but the defense was just so good. And, of course, Hughes did what he's done all year. Passing game wasn't all that, but, again, the injuries to the wide receivers contributing there. Bottom line is beat a good team at home and stopped an offense that had averaged like 41 points in, in its last seven games. That, that, to me, was what stood out. Yeah, it really was. You know, when you look back to what uh, Frank Harris did last game before playing Tulane, you know, he threw for 411 yards and three touchdowns, and then he rushed for 112 yards and three touchdowns. And, you know, and Tulane, you know, they kept him in check. You know, he only he was only able to rush for 28 yards, and uh, he only passed for 198 and one touchdown. So, again, you got to credit Coach Wood and his staff. I mean, that that's the thing that concerned me, you know, as a, as a fan and as an analyst going into the game was was could we stop, you know, Frank Harris, uh, you know, on the field, Frank Harris from doing what he's done. Uh, basically all season long, and and sure enough, they were able to do that, and uh, and I think that was a, you know the the big turning factor in the game. Now the focus turns to SMU, and they played great football of late, but they suffered a real break, no pun intended, with Preston Stone uh, breaking his leg. I mean, they've lost their quarterback. A terrible blow for SMU. You hate to see that happen to anybody. You want to face the best and play the best and beat the best, but. Uh, things happen. Tulane's had injuries, and now SMU comes in uh, with a backup quarterback. I, I would imagine that does change uh, the approach to the game and, and maybe changes the way people perceive the game. Yeah, you know, you, you got to think it will, Ken, because, you know, they, they were they were averaging 41.8 point, uh, points a game uh, and only giving up 17.7. And, and of course, uh, you know, they, they lose Stone, who was throwing to an average of 292 yards per game. So now it's going to be up to their backup, uh, Kevin Jennings. He's a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. He's six feet, 189 pounds. He's from, he's from Dallas. And he led uh, his high school to a 5A Division II state championship. So, you know, in his... Uh, in his time playing, he's 18 of 24 for 224 yards and three touchdowns. So he's throwing at a 75% completion ratio. But uh, here again, you know, you don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. Uh, you, you don't think you're going to get the same type of production out of him that you would get out of, out of Stone. But, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, two years ago, I mean, you know, not this yeah, two years ago, we, we go into Houston with our second-string quarterback. He gets knocked out, and then Kai Horton comes in, our third-string quarterback, and he leads Tulane to a overtime victory against Houston. So you really you really don't know what you're going to get, you know, in these backups, and uh, Tulane's going to have to be prepared for him. No doubt. I mean, look, again, the, 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 the really good news, I mean, there's a lot of good news, but obviously hosting – a championship game for the second straight year. That's pretty cool, isn't it? No doubt, Ken. It, it's, it's, it's really unbelievable. And everybody, you know, after last year, they thinking, well, is this, uh, 
is this a one and done or is this a one off season? But, uh, you know, Tulane comes back this year. They, they go 11 and one, which makes them, you know, 23 and three over the last two years. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever Coach Fritz has designed and uh, his philosophy uh, for his program, uh, the kids have bought in, the players have bought in 100% in, you know, 23 and 3 over two years is just a phenomenal record. Well, it is. I mean, by any measure, it's it's incredible. And now we wait to see, of course, Willie today addressing a question about his own future, just basically, you know, cut it off with one word and moved on. And we all know Houston is looking for a new head coach. We also know Tulane's getting a new athletic director. We also know that Tulane uh, is, is pledging to do everything it takes to, to keep Willie, who was flirted with last year, as we know. And, and I do think they will. Uh, and I do think they can come up with the money and match what needs to be matched to keep him. It becomes a matter of whether that's enough. So, look, right now it's, it's all speculation. But we did have the new athletic director introduced today in David Harrison. But what I took away from that as much as anything was his comments about Willie Fritz and just saying it and recognizing just how important Coach Fritz is to this program and to this school and how he is a priority A. I thought that was the biggest takeaway that I I got today from this whole press conference introduction. Yeah, I I was at the press conference, and and that was the thing that impressed me the most was that, you know, he felt uh, that that was a top priority. He felt that they wanted to do whatever – Tulane could do to keep uh, Coach Fritz here. And so I, I kind of felt, I really felt good, you know, after the press conference hearing uh, David Harris, uh, you know, speak about Coach Fritz and saying what he said about, you know, wanting to keep him here. So, you know, again, only only time will tell. And, of course, like anything else, you know, money talks. And this you know, if he if he gets a phenomenal offer from some someplace else, you really can't blame him from taking it. You know, he's he's got to do what's best for his family. But mm-hmm. uh, I certainly hope he stays. You know, Kenny, he's my eleventh head coach in yep. forty one years, and he's by far my favorite. Uh, I, I just love his philosophy. I love him as a person, uh, his integrity, and everything he stands for, the way he treats people, the way he treats his staff, his players, all the way down to the equipment people. It's just been, uh, it's just been great. And uh, so I, for one, certainly hope he stays. Yeah, I think we all do. We understand the landscape. I mean, we just talked about the Saints in the last segment. And uh, with all due respect to the current Saints coach, I think everybody understands how good Sean Payton was now. But he spent, <laughs> yeah. he spent 15 years here. I mean, nothing lasts forever, and it's hard to let go, and hopefully that won't be the case. But whether it is or not, you appreciate what this man has done. He's done a really superb job with this program, and, and, and you know, realistically, these two years, you, you can't find or compare any other two years like this in succession that this program's had. It's been remarkable. And now a chance to do more uh, with this game coming up on Saturday. I guess the biggest question a lot of people have is, are they going to get anybody back? I mean, this wide receiving core is depleted, and that's gone a long way toward producing the lack of overall productivity in the passing game. Well, you know, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, uh, the, the radio 
uh, crew, we have an opportunity to uh, interview, visit with Coach Fritz every every Tuesday. And Mm -hmm. at that point, he's pretty honest with us about who can play, who can't play. And so we'll... I, I won't know basically until we visit with him tomorrow, you know, after practice, uh, the status of uh, Lawrence Keys and also Jaquan Jackson. But, you know, those two guys have been really such key contributors throughout the season. But it was good to see that, uh, you know, Brazel stepped up last week. Uh, you know, he had a phenomenal, he did a phenomenal job in, in receiving, you know, five catches for 93 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Makai Hughes, who was held to, uh, I think he was held to like 78 yards the week before, he comes back and, and has a great game rushing for 166 yards. So, so those two guys really picked up the slack uh, in the players that were out. You did indeed. And, of course, now it's – on to 3 p.m. Saturday with the American Conference Championship game. A, a chance to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game with a win. Uh, what a big game it is. What a big day it's going to be. Tulane SMU. And I know you're going to enjoy it too, my friend. Let's hope you really enjoy it, which means Tulane comes out with a win. Okay, Ken. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, it. You bet, Steve. Steve Barrios, Tulane University. We'll take a time out here. And when we return in just a moment, we will. Turn our attention to LSU. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com will join us. Look forward to having him with us as we continue with more of All Access for a Monday night here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts' new Brake Nest Select Pro brand raises the bar for the best aftermarket domestic brake pads and rotors available. For vehicle-specific friction formulations, quiet tech noise-canceling shims, and stainless steel hardware, choose Brake Nest Select Pro. Professional-grade brakes from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's the holiday season, and Famous Footwear is stocked with all the styles your family wants from the brands you love at prices that fit everyone's list. Shop the comfiest Hey Dude shoes and coolest Crocs, or snag the perfect pair of Bear Paw boots and slippers. Plus, for a limited time, find the latest Nike styles for the whole family at savings of up to 30% off. Shop Famous.com or bring the whole family into a Famous Footwear near you and spread some cheer this holiday season with the gift of famously great shoes. Ballot on select styles. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-777-1225. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-777-1225. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-777-1225. 1225. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-777-1225. 800-777-1225 or biglou.com. 
Each year, dozens of deserving veterans ride for free in the Legion of Mars parade courtesy of the crew. Donate to the Mars Hero Fund to sponsor a hero's ride. Go to legionofmars.com to learn more and become a member of the Red, White, and Blue crew. This report is sponsored by Ancestry.com. It's because of Ancestry. A cousin found me, and we've kind of become bi-coastal besties. The holidays are meant to be shared with family, and there's no better way to connect over what your family is all about. Start today during our holiday sale at Ancestry.com. Working to stall, the right lane is blocked, but no big delays. 55 South at I-12 right now. In fact, uh, traffic flow is getting reestablished at uh, the speed limit. Uh, westbound I-10 across the twin spans. Five minutes read to the flyover. Seeing 10 minutes there. Uh, Prager Street at St. Claude. We do have a, a big investigation. Police are on the scene there. I'm Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. LSU Tigers have completed their regular season. Now they await the bowl assignment after defeating Texas A&M 42-30. This past Saturday, joining us to talk about the Tigers, our friend, Mike Scarborough, TigerBay.com. Mike, always a pleasure. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Glad, glad to be with you. Same to you. Well, listen, I mean, uh, it was a pretty interesting game, but I think it was a game that was reflective of this team. They they struggled for a while, couldn't get a stop, couldn't get off the field on third down, didn't get enough at-bats. But when they finally got at-bats in baseball terminology, they hit home runs, and that's that's all it takes for this LSU offense. If they get the at-bats, they're going to hit home runs. They're going to score, and that's what happened against A&M, a good defensive football team. Uh, absolutely. Uh, probably the best defense that they faced all year, but at the same time, it's uh, I've, I've said over and over uh, for the last uh, six weeks that, you know, uh, when you start uh, looking back on this season, people are going to be kicking themselves and saying, man, what could have been – had LSU just had a mediocre defense, um, ran into a couple of defensive players, uh, former LSU uh, defensive players uh, in the stadium Saturday. And, and uh, in fact, it was Marlon Favorite, and he said something I've been saying. If, if this team had LSU's 2019 defense, they'd be on their way to 15-0. and 0. And feeling uh, an effort by uh, Jaden Daniels is, has uh, been wasted by a putrid defense. Yeah, that's the right term. I mean, you can find a lot of adjectives, but that's a that's a very good one uh, because they're awful, and and it's across the board. And there's there's hardly a redeeming quality when you look at it. Number one, they failed in the transfer portal significantly, uh, either misevaluating talent or uh, character or both. And then, of course, with their own recruits, uh, guys that frankly were overestimated or overrated and you know I mean you're in that business too and we all are to a degree and you know with all due respect you know Mason Smith and Sage Ryan aren't those guys <laughs> that they were said to be and that's just two examples but really it is across the board there there is no real redeeming quality you can't point to one or two guys and say hey these guys are good I mean Jefferson's been solid Perkins has done a few good things I mean you can't really point to that uh, at all. I mean, there's just nothing 
about this defense that you like? Nothing. No, there's a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball that you wished on Saturday that they had run out and gotten their white panel football because their eligibility was up. That you, you just don't want to see them again. Um, you know, in that recruiting class, I had Savion Jones as the number one player in the state ahead of Mason Smith. Uh, everybody took me to task, and I, I was only marginally right. I think Savion Jones is about 20 pounds too heavy. And um, if he's yep. 280 pounds or 285, he needs to be 265 or 270, um, in my mind, to be more effective. And I think Mason Smith could be an all-SEC offensive lineman, but he's not an all-SEC defensive lineman. And um, I don't know. They, they, they've got to hit so many home runs in the transfer portal um, to make that defense go. And when you look at next year's schedule – and, um, you know, you can kick USC all you want while they're down. That's going to be a tough opener. UCLA, Oklahoma at home, uh, Alabama at home, on the road at Auburn. And, um, you know, it, it, it's um, it, it's going to be a tough sled next year without post Jaden Daniels and, and, and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. Um, got a lot of talent there, no doubt. But um, – there's a lot of question marks going in the next season. And and then the other part of it now is, um, you know, who are you going to hire to get that defense right? Um, mm-hmm. Does Matt House stay and everybody else goes? Uh, is it a complete rebuild and everybody goes, including Matt House? Uh, there was rumors of Corey Raymond coming back three weeks ago. Well, Napier just fired him uh, within yeah. the hour. Yep. Saw that. So, yeah. So, uh I, I I don't I don't know I don't know how you make a go of it and then you know there, there's you, I I know Brian Kelly has said many times he wants to build his program with high school players but uh, he's going to have to go into the portal and get a bigger number than he'd like again yes. um, uh, just because uh, I, look I think he's got some answers at corner I think that gr- group is going to be greatly improved next year. And whoever is the cornerback's coach is going to look like a hero because of uh, of what they've got coming there. I think that they, they, they can't help but be improved. The biggest question is that interior defensive line. I asked uh, Brian Kelly about it last Monday. Like, you know, did he have a feel for whether Wingo would come back for another year? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, he had surgery and, and he's re- rehabbing. But going into the season, the thought was there was no way you would get him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's, it looks like a possibility, and certainly they've got to pony up NIL dollars to make that happen. Um, but uh, and right before going to air with you, Sean Washington, the JUCO yes. defensive lineman from New Orleans, committed to LSU. And so, I did, uh, that, I did, sir, I did several of his high school games. Sean was at Eret, then he was at Warren Easton, and very familiar with him. And he was a big time recruit out of high school and so forth. And if he's if he's the player he was when I saw him in high school, he can absolutely help this team. Of course, I haven't seen him at the Mississippi Juco to know uh, what he's played like, but he was a he was an awfully good-looking player in high school. Yeah, yeah, and at one time he was a commitment to LSU and then backed off of it. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, of course, uh, signed with Georgia and was there here and ended up at uh, in Mississippi. But, um I know they're extremely happy about about that one. Uh, they 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 think he can really help them, but um, 
the, the, the next three weeks is so important for Brian Kelly and because um, this, is, this is a real pivotal point for him because um, he's got to get that coaching staff right on the defensive side of the ball. The 25 class in Louisiana is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you got Keelan Moses at U-High is going to announce uh, this week. Uh, Harlan Berry there in New Orleans will announce next month in, uh, in a couple of weeks. And um, the 25 quarterback, Bryce Underwood from Michigan, uh, that we have leaning to LSU is going to announce January 6th. Uh, and there's some very good defensive players in Louisiana, but they got to get that, 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 that coaching staff right on that side of the ball. And um, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how he gets it all done. Yeah, there's so many holes to fill on the defensive side. But you said it. On the offensive side, they're losing key people. And, you know, the, the plus side is this offense has been great this year. And Jay Daniels has unquestionably been the best player in the country. The downside of that is, man, you take Jaden Daniels away from this equation, and what would this team have been this year? Oh, I, I, if Jaden Daniels was not here last year or this year, I don't know that this team is 500 in two years. Is that? I mean, he's that. He, is, he has been that that much of an MVP to LSU. Mm-hmm. Even last year, with people complaining about uh, holding on to the ball too long and, and mm-hmm. no touch on deep balls, um, uh, he he was absolutely phenomenal. And so, um, got Garrett Nussmeyer now, but I, I I also believe that they they've got to go in the portal and get a quarterback. Yeah, I think they uh, will. I was going to say that. I I think they'll definitely go get somebody to challenge him, uh, for sure. Where that's concerned. So yeah. about two minutes left with Mike Scarborough. Do you think that, you know, this current state is an indictment of how bad Ed Ogeron left the program? Or, or is it somewhat of an indictment of where Ryan Kelly has the program or maybe a little bit of both at this stage? Uh, I, I think, look, the, 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 obviously he, he inherited uh, less than 40 scholarship players and we yep. know what a mess that was. Um, then you've got the uh, we're now in the NIL era. Um, Louisiana recruiting wise is not been as good as it, it can be. And it's certainly not producing defensive linemen like you would want. Um, it was crazy as it's producing offensive linemen, which for, you know, seven eighths of, of the years I've been covering recruiting, it's always been an issue in Louisiana. But for mm-hmm. some reason, the last three years, it's produced insane, uh, uh, you know, uh, caliber uh, offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And so um, there, there's a whole lot of things here, but um, uh, I, I really, I really think this is, um, and look, I, I, Brian Kelly knows that it, it's not, it's, it, he, it, there's nothing that uh, I'm saying that uh, they're not talking about behind closed doors. I mean, they, um, you know, it, it, the, the, the SEC is going to be significantly tougher next year. And um, they, they've got to get all their personnel right. And, um, I mean, and who's to say that the shining, uh, the few shining lights that you have on defense, who's to say those guys won't hit the portal? Yeah. You make There's some no changes. Game. You make some changes uh, to their position coach, or if they feel that uh, it's going to be more of the same because maybe Matt House is retained and they're going to decide to hit the portal. Yeah, you've got to re-recruit you your own you, players every year. You yeah. really don't know what your lot's going to be until uh, in, until uh, next week. 
You're right. I mean, it changes dramatically, and we've seen the changes already in the SEC this year in coaching, and the pressure is only going to get greater with the additions of Oklahoma and Texas here coming up very shortly. So it's good. Mike, tell everybody about how they can follow you and how they can see your fine work. That's it. Go to TigerBait.com. LSU Tigers on TigerBait is our YouTube channel, and you can follow me on X slash Twitter at Scarborough Mike, and we've got a lot coming your way, and uh, we're, we're talking about this Sean Washington commitment on our message board right now. Outstanding. I'll let you go back to doing that, and always appreciate the time, Mike, and we'll visit again soon. Thank you so much. Hey, anytime you need me, enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, Mike. Our pleasure. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Outstanding job that they do on a regular basis and mike is a primary reason 504-260-1061 to join us we'll take a time out the new orleans pelicans back in action tonight to conclude their three-game road trip we'll talk about that next including a key player close to returning as we return in just a moment here on nash icon 1061 fm and at nash fm 1061.com Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Amazon's got the best deals on Black Friday. Oh, the best deals are on Cyber Monday. Friday comes first when it comes to saving. Monday's worth the wait for what you've been craving. Deals so good it'll feel like stealing. Real cool message, could you make it less appealing? What's with the beef? You can get that too. Want you call us? What's triggering you? Whichever day you're shopping on, you'll save a bunch at Amazon. On Black Friday, Cyber Monday too. Do you have heart failure and often hear? Those stomach issues ruined your birthday. You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa. Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis. If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist. Ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. This year, Staples will not be celebrating the holidays. Instead, we're celebrating the holiday deals with amazing savings for the holiday season. Save 60% on custom holiday cards. Save 60% on custom invitations. And save 60% on custom photo gifts like mugs and calendars. During Staples holiday deals, it's not about the ho-ho-ho. It's about saving do-do-do. Save 60% on custom cards, invitations, and photo gifts today at Staples. And 12-2, visit staples.com slash print for more details. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. 
Amazon's got the best deals on Black Friday. Oh, the best deals are on Cyber Monday. Friday comes first when it comes to saving. Monday's worth the wait for what you've been craving. Deals so good it'll feel like stealing. Real cool message, could you make it less appealing? What's with the beef? You can get that too. Want you call us? What's triggering you? Whichever day you're shopping on, you'll save a bunch at Amazon. On Black Friday, Cyber Monday too. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call. 504-260-1061. The 9-8 New Orleans Pelicans include their three-game road trip at Utah tonight. It's been a house of horrors for the Pelicans. They never play well there for whatever reason. Blew a double-digit lead, lost 105-100 at Utah on Saturday night. It was the second of a back-to-back, so there's that. But they got outscored 37-23 in the fourth quarter. Made only 11 of 36 shots from three-point range. Didn't shoot well. Didn't make good decisions. And frankly, it just looked like they ran out of gas against a below-average team. Utah's not very good. In particular, since they didn't have Laurie Markin or Jordan Clarkson playing. Now, the Pelicans didn't have Zion Williamson. That remains a little bit of a sore spot with some people. And as I've said all along, the strategy is for the long term, not the short term. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying I understand what they're doing trying to preserve him and trying to make sure that they have him for the long haul and not running him into the ground and obviously risking injury again, given his history of injuries. That's understandable, although you're losing games when he sits out. Jordan Clarkson is back tonight for Utah. Laurie Markkinen is still out. Williamson is back for New Orleans. Trey Murphy, Matt Ryan, and C.J. McCollum are out, but the news on McCollum is good because he's close to returning. And that's been reported on a couple of fronts. So that's good news for the Pelicans to get him back soon. He's missed 11 games, collapsed lung, and he's targeting a return to action this week, according to The Athletic. And that's certainly good news for the Pelicans. Murphy is getting closer. Matt Ryan probably sometime next month. You'd like to see them have all their pieces in place to be able to show you what they can do. But then again, what else is new? This is what we talk about incessantly. And for some reason, they just don't play well at Utah. They don't match up with this team very well, and I'm not sure why. Now, 
Walker Kessler always plays well against the Pelicans for some reason. He does. But, again, he's a guy that you wish uh, you had a guy like that as a backup with his size. But they've got to be able to negate that. And they're going to need contributions all around. But having Williamson back, they should have enough firepower to be able to deal with a team that's only won five games. And these are games you have to win. You can't get swept by a below-average to poor Utah team, even though it's on the road. So the Pelicans have to step up and get the job done tonight. We want to thank Steve Barrios for joining us. Also want to thank Brett Martell of the Associated Press. And thanks to Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. Jude Young with you tomorrow night from 6 to 7 with All Access Sports Talk. And I'll return on Wednesday night. And we hope you will join us then as well.